So, I'm on scene. There were already three officers on scene of a heroin overdose. Narcan was utilized, and I get on scene, and they told me uh, there was already enough officers in there. And we were told to take COVID-19 precautions, a.k.a. wear our PPE. So, to have less officers in there, the better. So, this is just another day in the life of patrolling and dealing with society and drug overdoses. My name is Tori Rowe. I'm an officer with the Edmond Police Department in Edmond, Oklahoma, and I'm 34 years old. This is my diary. This is my story. So, Rowe here reporting. Um, I was just going to touch base on how unusual this job can be. I was just driving into work and I was at the exact same intersection when dispatch put out an armed subject call for that exact intersection. So we ended up not finding the guy, but it just kind of goes to show that you always have to pay attention. I've been a police officer for approximately seven and a half years. I got interested in it when I was in high school and it was probably back in 2002 actually when CSI first came out and that got me hooked on all types of police work, forensics and um, from there I just, I started, I did a mentorship program my senior year of high school which put me through every single aspect of the Oklahoma City Police Department and I realized that CSI is not like the show because <laughs> I did some real um, ride-alongs with the crime scene unit with Oklahoma City and it just made me fall in love with the profession and the field even more so I just I was on tunnel vision for law enforcement from there on out. I'm also a patrol technical investigator um, essentially a crime scene investigator and our department as well as a lot of departments do like patrol TI positions where if it's anything that's basically not a major crime, if it's a domestic that needs uh, pictures of the injuries, if it's an auto burglary that needs fingerprints, anything that, that either um, evidence needs to be collected, pictures need to be taken, fingerprints, anything kind of like that. Um, because we're working, we can just kind of do that quickly and not have to call out our full-time technical investigators um, who are on call. I like to travel a lot and I like to um, run and concerts. A couple concerts have been rescheduled. Um, one of the concerts that I was supposed to go to is actually KISS, which was gonna be on March 12th up in Tulsa. And I know it sounds crazy, but I went last year with my mom and we had a total blast and she wanted to go again this year. So I'm like, hey, if, if mom wants to go and deck out her face with the face paint, I'll do what mom wants to do. So um, yeah, that was, that was one of the concerts that I was supposed to go to. And um, you know, I, I really enjoy all, all music. I love, I love even just live jazz music at a restaurant. I mean, I just, I love just music in general.
members from our department. We will run from uh, Edmond to Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, to uh, for the Special Olympics um, opening ceremony. This year it got um, canceled, obviously, but um, yeah, doing kind of like a relay style um, where we have a U-Haul van that everybody is in and then you just kind of jump out and run whenever you want to. It's, it's a lot of fun and obviously raises awareness um, for Special Olympics and raises money for the organization. And, you know, people are driving by honking at us and, um, you know, supporting us. It's just, it's a fun time. The last photo that that I found of somewhat normal life um, for me was a picture that was after a mud run. So there's me and three other of my friends who I all work with, and um, we're just we're covered in mud. It was around um, our birthday. There was two of us that had a birthday around that time, so it was kind of just a birthday celebration. And it was a it was a really nice day, so we were just hanging out afterwards. Um, and yeah, that was before runs and everything started shutting down. So that was that's a that's at least a good memory. But I mean, we'll get back to that eventually. <laughs> the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics says they're seeing a growing problem with people using fentanyl, but they say they're doing everything they can to address the problem. Prescription drugs are getting harder for addicts to find. Many are turning to the streets, but some of those pills that look. A couple like weeks ago, officers were on scene of a heroin overdose, and that individual ended up surviving after Narcan was utilized. However, we've had probably about five overdoses involving heroin, and one of them has been fatal. But they've all been, fentanyl has been laced with the heroin. And that's huge problem in Oklahoma right now currently, not just in Edmond. There's actually two young men that died a couple days ago from pills that look like oxycodone that are actually fentanyl. And we have our Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics that are investigating that right now. On the hotline run by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services saw a 1,000% increase in responses during April as we kept this country closed. At the Over the last couple of weeks, there has been a lot of, just a lot of people intoxicated on all kinds of stuff. Not just alcohol, but lots of different kinds of drugs. So not sure if it's necessarily pandemic related. I feel like there's all kinds of people that are experimenting with drugs all the time, but maybe they're cooped up and bored. So they're experimenting a little more with some drugs, but there's definitely been an influx in intoxicating substance calls. My shift that I work is 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. Usually when I'm sleeping, my room is like a cave. <laughs> So it's blacked out. The curtains are like blacked out. So I, and that paired with me not having problem sleeping, it works for me. But for a lot of people, um, sometimes they just kind of hit the sleep wall where they've been on night shift for way too long and they just cannot sleep more than three hours a night. But for me, um, some of my friends think I'm crazy because they're, they're like, 
how do you sleep during the day? How do you work all night? You know, but uh, for right now and for me, it's worked for years. I live by myself. Um, my dog is here. My mom lives here in Oklahoma and my dad actually lives in Washington state, which is where I grew up. So, and my brother as well, he lives in Washington state. I'm the only one that's in law enforcement. So I'm kind of the, the odd duck out. <laughs> uh, living alone during this time has actually been fine. I'm, I kind of just embraced it and just said, hey, this is my time to start doing projects and more yard work and stuff like that. Um, Cause I know that eventually I'll be able to go to concerts and do my events and travel and do everything that I normally do. So it's, it's, actually, it's actually been fine for me. This is our jail in our bay. And once you're done, you come to the decon station and use all the good cleaning goods to just basically just decon the backseat. So I'll be doing that momentarily. We've seen reductions in crime in nearly every category with the exception of auto thefts which is kind of an odd, an odd area, but violent crime, property crime, people staying at home in their neighborhoods, uh, watching out for each other, and exercising social distancing is allowing us to have a safer city. So the question has come up, how has policing and law enforcement changed since COVID-19? And it's changed a lot, but also it hasn't. I think it's safe to say that every department is gonna be different. Every department has different standards. And the virus is a lot worse in a lot of states besides Oklahoma. Um, but as far as like minor traffic infractions go, we're just not conducting traffic stops on, you know, brake lights, just simple stuff, improper turns. Um, if it's something that is a threat to society or a major crime, um, this includes, I mean, any felony charge, um, a threat to society would be DUI, something like that. Um, we will be enforcing the law and obviously we still have to respond for calls of service. Uh, there were a couple people that were, that I arrested that it was, it was a misdemeanor, but it was a DUI and they had had in their mind that, oh, I thought, uh, you guys weren't taking any DUI or any misdemeanors. They thought it was only felony charges only. Well, obviously DUI is a, um, threat to public and society. So that they were just mistaken on that. And I think that that kind of got around, but then people are still uh, pulling people over and we're still making our presence known. I am home from my shift and uh, tonight was pretty busy for a Thursday night. Um, we got six different arrests and three mental health related transports or calls. Um, I transported a guy that had tried to kill a cat earlier in the day and subsequently he was placed into protective custody and was transported to a hospital for a mental health treatment. This pandemic is testing the mental state of humanity on a scale we've never seen before. But this is really unusual. I mean, it's really un unknown. Never before in modern history have we experienced this kind of vast isolation. Suddenly, many communities have been separated, and we're learning in real time how this can impact the human mind. Humans are intensely social creatures. We like hanging out with people. People like going to the office, maybe not because they like their job, but because they like the people to hang out with. Somebody who remembers your birthday. And that's all been removed. Now we're all on our own. We're all as things are starting to open back up, uh, 
it's going to start picking back up because people are getting cabin fever and obviously want to get out and about and more crime is being committed. So, uh, today's May 1st and we are slowly starting to open things up starting today actually. So it's only going to get worse. It is May 11th, 2020. Things are starting to open up a little bit and our city is doing phases. Um, but people, people are getting out more, lots more traffic, lots more, um, drunks out, disturbances, um, even the children. If your kids are online, they're hearing about the coronavirus. Social media is filled with contents that are informative, but also scary. So here's what parents need to know. News about the coronavirus is everywhere. TV, radio, digital. And if there's one thing we know about modern, connected kids, if they're worried about something... They're going to search up more information. I just left a call where a seven-year-old um, was just not understanding certain things. And, you know, it sucks for everybody. All this, everybody getting cooped up, everything being shut down. Um, but it's interesting to think about the effects that it has on kids that we probably wouldn't really think about as much. It's affecting everybody, for sure. We need to get back to work. The state of Oklahoma, the United States, the world. Protester Kim Shearer tells me Oklahoma has been closed far too long and non-essential workers are hurting financially. But they can't even go to the grocery store. People are running out of money. And her response to COVID-19, you can't live in fear. We've always had disease and death. The calls, you know, are starting to pick back up as more things have been opening up. And lots of just, lots of people that are fighting, um, cooped up in home and not getting along with each other. Uh, lots of just, lots of different types of drugs going on. And I don't know, there's just been a lot of calls lately, uh, day shift and evening shift and night shift, um, with just random people just found in the middle of the street, passed out or the middle of somebody's front yard or, you know, it's just kind of been just crazy, crazy, crazy times right now. There's been so many people that have donated, um, sanitizer, um, I mean, any, any type of products that we need, any extra masks. Um, it's been, it's been pretty amazing. Even just if they're dropping off goodies, cause they know that, you know, we're dealing with, a bunch of craziness right now. You know, they they've our community is um is amazing. 